Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! It may be because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? Walk and whip your ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Mr. Marceau, how you doing? How you doing? Doing good. Two-week absence from Wrestle Rant Radio. How does it feel to be back? <laughs> retired two weeks ago, said you were never coming back. You're back two weeks yeah, later. You're like Ric Flair. Seriously, Jeez. Well, it's 48 hours since Extreme Rolls Raw last night. You watched the show, right? I watched Raw, yeah. Good shit, good shit. We'll talk all about Raw in a little bit, but we were in attendance for Extreme Rolls on Sunday night, many months in the making. Overall, before we break it down match by match, what were your overall thoughts of the show? Exactly. I think a case can be made. It was WWE's best pay-per-view so far this year, which, like we said on Sunday, is not saying much because not every other pay-per-view has been all that great. But we'll see where it takes us. we got Money in the Bank, which is going to be fucking stacked in a month on June 19th. we got Battleground, SummerSlam, and everything else in the remainder of the year. So it should be a good rest of 2016 for WWE. But Extreme Rules on Sunday, kicking it off with a kickoff show. Um, from what you saw or heard of this, because I knew you were getting food during this point, big cast coming out, interrupting the Dudley boys, laying them out. Any thoughts in this segment? It was all right, I guess. I don't know. Just nice burial for the Dudley boys. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah. Who came back yeah, last night? Can't teach that, exactly, because he's seven foot tall. But yeah, I mean, I guess if they. Oh, were you happy they relegated this to the pre show, though? Yeah, I think too. I mean, I'll ask you this. We'll kind of tie this back into Raw. Were you happy they saved Enzo's return for Raw, or would you have rather seen it on Sunday at Extreme Rules on the kickoff show, though? Yeah, I guess we'll see. I haven't really heard anything in terms of how well he is to go, if he can go. I mean, he didn't wrestle last night. He was just in the corner of Big Cass, so I guess we'll see. But I don't know if they would bring him back if he wasn't 100%. I mean, he did take a bump during the match. He took like two or three bumps during the match last night, so I guess we'll see. But, uh, I mean, I was glad they didn't relegate that to the kickoff show. I mean, the Enzo return, because, I mean, someone asked me why they didn't do it during the show itself. I mean, I feel like it would have been a waste in the kickoff show that no one ever really watches anyway, so I guess it was kind of for the better, but he got him back on Raw regardless. But also in the kickoff show, I know your favorite match tonight, no disqualification <laughs> match between oh Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. Baron Corbin winning with a low blow, following it up with the end of days for the victory. Was this what you were hoping for? I mean, what was this? It was absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I can't. I, I can't say I was expecting too much to begin with, just because, like you said, it's on the kickoff show. It's an ODQ match. It's a feud they don't really care about. They've been traded wins and losses. I mean, I was glad Corbin won, but 
I mean, I wasn't expecting them to use, like, barbed wire bats and shit, but just one low blow, and that was it was kind of ridiculous. Like I said, I was glad Corbin won, but aren't you psyched for their technical wrestling match next week, though? All right, I can't wait. <laughs> Where Ziggler's going to get his win back, the good old 50-50 even Stevens booking? Can't wait for that. That should be great. But uh, kicking off the show itself was a very good match. We had a tag team tornado match. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson taking on the Usos for the upteenth time. But it was a really good match. I know you didn't know about it. Arden know, didn't know about it. Probably three quarters of the audience in attendance last night didn't even know this match was going to happen. But it turned out very well. It was the perfect opener. Very good chemistry between the two tag teams. So it's not too bad seeing them mix it up every once in a while or pretty much every single week. And then in further the few last night on Raw either, which I was very happy about. So that was good. No, no sign of the Usos on Raw. But uh, yeah, really, really good match. The Bullet Club guys go over strong. Gallows and Anderson pick up the victory. So your thoughts in the opener. Were you happy with it? Yeah, that was a really good match. Um, I don't know why we're seeing a tornado tag team match, but even though we're seeing these two teams go out of, like, like you said, for the up team million times, but I don't know, like the tornado, like, stipulation, like, made it very entertaining, and they, like, it was not boring at all. It never, like, slowed down. It was a pretty fast-paced match, so that was a good match to start off the show, and kind of save that fatal flow later for the night, which stole the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that match was phenomenal to say the least but yeah i thought this was a good opener good stuff here the right people went over the usos lost the bullet club guys got their win back for whatever that's worth at this point but the right people went over and it was a good match we don't see tag team tornado matches too often these days so it's something kind of out of the ordinary and they utilize the stipulation well unlike with corbin and ziggler they went outside the ring they did the boot of doom outside in the barricade which was pretty sick and they scored the victory in the end and a clever finish too i like the finish with the bell thing which i talked to you about on sunday after the match but when he was going for the splash, he moved out of the way. He landed on the bell, and they scored the victory from there. That was a pretty clever finish. That was cool to see. And like I said, a good match to kick off the show. From there, for the United States Championship, Rusev beating Kalisto to become the new two-time United States Champion. The match was what it was. I mean, the feud has really been kind of there. It's been not, not even lackluster, because I can't even say I, was, I really cared about it to begin with. But it was good to see the title on the show itself. They had a decent match. Uh, Rusev, in the end, Kalisto looked like he was hurt. Obviously, he just worked in the injury. He wasn't actually hurt, but he got injured on the apron. Rusev wouldn't back off, locks in the accolade, just stretches him back, just rips his back apart, and scores the victory, the submission victory, to pick up his second United States championship. So, your thoughts on the match, the finish, and what's next for Rusev as United States champion? Will he drop it to John Cena next week on Raw? Um, like you said, the match was just what it was. I don't know. Like I said to you, there were, haven't been that many great Rusev matches, so I, I think it's just like one of his average matches. Like, it's not very entertaining in the ring or has a lot of great maneuvers, so it is what it was. And for the change, I don't know. I feel like I liked Khalees, so I thought like they were going to give him a chance, but they really get him to the pre-show for the last three pay-per-views, and he's barely on Raw, and if he is, he's losing in tag team action, so I guess give it to Rusev so Cena can beat him next week, so... <laughs> Hopefully Cena beats him next week and we don't have to worry about Rusev anymore. If if he doesn't lose it tonight, the SmackDown tapings. He is defending against Kalisto on SmackDown, and that's where Kalisto lost uh-huh. it the first time, so you never know. We'll see. But uh I would not be shocked. I, I would I would not be shocked if the long term plan was to have him to, to drop it to John Cena next week on the Memorial Day Raw, which would make perfect sense, or Money in the Bank or whatever. Probably Money in the Bank just because they need to get seen on the card somehow, and thank God he probably will not be in the Money in the Bank ladder match itself. So. Well, no, I think they're doing the final two qualifying matches tonight on SmackDown, though, at the tapings. Ah, see, see, okay. see, no Cena. So we'll talk about the Money in the Bank ladder match later. But the match itself, <laughs> the match itself is fucking stacked. I'm telling you right now. I said this last. Telling. I told this. I said this last night on Twitter. I'm pretty sure I have a very strong, very strong idea, very strong faith here that that ladder match is going to be the greatest money in the bank ladder match of all time, given who's involved. Because there's not a lose situation here. There's not a bad person who could win. Well, as of now. What? Tonight, Darren Young will probably get in. Then Darren Young will win. Yeah, probably. I can't just throw Sikara in there or something. That's why they're doing the ball in there. That's why they're doing the final two matches on SmackDown. It's probably going to be some, you know, throwaway guys or something. Like Corbin and Sikara. Corbin wouldn't be too bad. Sikara is the only one I don't give a shit about. But uh, I'm trying to think. Like, 
Who could it be to begin with? I mean, who's left, really, that didn't qualify last night that wasn't in a qualifying match? Maybe they'll give, like, Styles another chance. I don't know. Maybe. Styles. I'm trying to think. Maybe. I could see them throwing Zack Ryder a bone. Like you said, Corbin. Uh, I don't really know who else. Probably Sin Cara, I'd imagine, because he's you know he beat Rusev a couple weeks ago on Raw, so I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him a, a, an off-chance victory or whatever. We'll see, I guess. But moving forward, though, and speaking of Rusev, win the U.S. T- championship, like I said, like we just talked about, defends his title tonight at these SmackDown tapings, but I would not imagine, I, I do not believe his title reign is going to last too long. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But the match was all right, though. I just kind of clapped. I didn't, like, mark out when Rusev won. It was just kind of, like, cool. <laughs> it was like a golf clap, like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was kind of. I would have had the same reaction if, if Kalisto won. I mean, it really wasn't <laughs> anything major, but the match was all right for what it was. Um, after that, for the WWE Tag Team Titles, the match that did exceed my expectations: the New Day defending against the Vaude Villains in a good match and a great goddamn near fall at the end there, with the Vaude Villains hitting the Rolling Dervish on Xavier Woods, knocking out Big E, knocking out Kofi, and Xavier Woods, as you pointed out, whenever he wrestles, is always the one to lose. Now, when he gets in there, he gets the finish here. It's like, oh, shit, no one's ever kicked out of this. And he kicks out. The place comes unglued. One of the biggest reactions of the night when that happened. Very surprising. And in the end, it was the New Day retaining the titles in a good match. So, your thoughts on the tag team title match, RJ? I don't see my expectations, like you said. Uh, I thought it was going to be just like an okay match. But when I talked to David with him, I'm like, uh-oh, he's definitely, they're definitely going to lose. And he'll definitely hit the tanks. He always does. And when they hit the whirly dervish, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna lose, like no chance. And then somehow they kicked out, and the crowd went nuts. Oh no, the match face was like the running into Gert, nah, Shining Wizard that Xavier Woods hit. I guess that's his finisher. I forgot what he calls it, but I mean, he used to do the Lost in the Woods. That used to be his finisher. Maybe he changed it. I don't know. Uh, but like you said, everyone like was killing glutes that in airfall, so it was good, and then. They retained, so it's good to see them retain because I don't think uh, the Vaude villains are ready yet to win the championships. They beat the Outcasts last night on Raw. Who do you think is up next to challenge for the tag team titles? I think Jansen and Dallas make the most sense, but I don't know where they're going to go with it. I'd imagine so, just because there's not many other tag teams. I know Enzo and Cass are back, but I wouldn't do that at Money in the Bank. I mean, you could do the Dudley Boys again with them as the heels and New Day as the baby faces, but they've been losing every single fucking week. That it would make no sense. So I don't know. Maybe. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. W- could you see the Shining Stars going after the tag team titles, maybe? Hopefully not. <laughs> they weren't even on Raw last night. I mean, they did cut a promo, but yeah, that was about it, though. Yeah, how great that party goes. Oh, God. And you were just booing the TV screen, or did you change the channel? I fast forward. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of watching on DVR. Great shit. But, uh, yeah, the match was good. The New Day, there's really no reason right now to take the tag team titles off of them. So, um, I, just, I thought it was a good finish. I'm glad they went over, and I think they have another two more months before they break the record as WWE's longest running tag team champions ever. So, I would just keep the belts on them until SummerSlam. I don't really see any reason to take the titles off of them before then. So after that, the match of the night, in your opinion, my opinion, pretty much everybody's opinion, for the Intercontinental Championship, The Miz defending against Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. In the match I told you weeks ago, going back to payback, that was the match that I was most looking forward to and the match that would single-handedly steal the show, and it definitely did just that. Um, The match was nothing short of stellar, to say the least. I mean, from an on-site report, from our perspective, I mean, people, of course, watching on the network loved it, but being there for this match undoubtedly one of the best matches I've ever seen live. But the match itself, there never really seemed to be a dull moment. All four guys, even Miz, who is not the greatest entering worker in the world, deserves credit for putting forth a hell of a performance here. And the near falls, one after another, were just amazing. People bought into them. At least three or four rounds of This Is Awesome Chance. And just great shit, great storytelling. Uh, Haluva kicked to kick off the match from Sami Zayn. And the match ends with him attacking Kevin Owens at ringside, letting his frustration get the better of him. Miz takes advantage, pins it down Cesaro after getting hit with the Haluva kick to pick up the Intercontinental Championship, or retain the IC title, rather, and then just an outstanding match. So, RJ, your thoughts on the match from being there live? Great match. Um, like you said, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen live. And, um... Like you said, the near falls are great, and it was like one of those things like that you just like, everyone had a chance to win. You thought, like, like you said, the Miz, even though he's not the greatest worker, like, he can have a chance to win. It's just our look like he had a really good chance to win, Zane and Owens, too. And at the end, like, they're all hitting their finishers, their big spots, like, counting near fall to near fall. 
hits a liver kick, always pulls him out. Like, oh my god, he's kind of like that moment of when, when Neville pulled him out at a takeover that time. But like, oh my god, it's old man, and then they just took it right away from him. And then just his frustration got the best of him while Miss slithered into the ring and stole the win. So, uh, great match, definitely the match tonight, and, uh, good applause to all four of those guys. They all put on a clinic, so. Can't complain. It was a very good match. and Definitely a match tonight. Have you watched the match back yet or no? Nope. Not nah. yet. Yeah, I got to do so today or tomorrow or whatever. I have to watch this match back. And I never do that. I never really watch the pay-per-views back in their entirety until like, I don't know, like a year or so later. I have not yet watched anything back from Extreme Rules except for the ending, which we'll talk about obviously. But I got to watch this match. I think the atmosphere was just incredible. Um, but Miz retaining was not, I mean, like you said, there really wasn't a worst case scenario. I mean, it was kind of the worst case scenario of Miz retaining because everyone else wanted anyone else to win, but, um, keep the belt on him. He's been doing some great work recently as IC champion with Maurice by his side, as he said last night on Raw, assuming he defends the belt, successfully defends the title tonight at the SmackDown tapings and walks into Money in the Bank as Intercontinental Champion, who do you see next challenging Miz for the IC title? Who are you defending it against? No, tonight at the SmackDown tapings? Yeah. Cesaro. Uh, I don't know, actually. It's really a tough one. I would say Paul Cruz is facing uh, Sheamus, probably, Sheamus. yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of baby contenders right now that aren't in that uh, Money in the Bank flyer match. So, I actually don't know. Like, no idea. Uh, that's a good... I don't know. I mean, there's Ziggler, but we've seen that a million times. You can go back to Zack Ryder, but I don't know why they wouldn't have done that like right after they did the feud. I mean, right after we beat him for the belt, you know, a couple months ago. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait. I mean, that's that's assuming he defends the title at Money in the Bank. He probably won't even, but I'm imagining that if he's not in the Money in the Bank ladder match and all the other stars that are in that Money in the Bank ladder match and Miz isn't in it, he'll probably be defending the title on that show. Again, I don't really know against two. Kalisto would feel like kind of out of nowhere if they went with that. I mean, just after he lost Maybe the U.S. title. Maybe someone from New Day? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if they don't have New Day defend the tag team titles, I mean, I guess that's possible. I mean, him but versus Kofi. two people defend the titles when someone goes to the IC Championship. Yeah, that's, that. yeah, that's possible. I could see him against Woods or Big E. I mean, we've seen him and Kofi a million times, but him and Big E or something would be cool. So, who knows? But... Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been doing great work as IC champion. I love the storytelling with him winning the title when no one expected him to on Sunday. Losing to Cesaro and Cesaro finally getting, you know, giving Miz his comeuppance last night on Raw by finally beating him after losing to him at Payback and last night. And then after beating him on Raw to qualify for Money in the Bank, he gets a title shot on SmackDown. So I think it's great. And I don't think he wins the belt on SmackDown. That would be sick if he did, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I think Miz right now is the IC champion is the best thing they could have done. So after that, we had the Asylum match, a very polarizing match, to say the least, not only for the people in the arena, but more so on social media. When we got done with the show, I saw a lot of people shitting all over this match, and in some cases, rightfully so, but um, some people hated it, some people thought it was all right, some people loved it. The opinions on this thing were all over the spectrum, but um, it was Dean Ambrose against Chris Jericho, the Asylum match, first time ever. And just from an on-site report, from an, you know, an, an in-person perspective, from our perspective, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it was way too fucking long, though. The match was almost a half an hour long. That was way too long for a, for a match that just involved them taking down weapons. The second half, though, I thought was pretty good. They definitely put forth a good effort. And just I think the only thing that took away from it, like as you said, it wasn't really meant to be exciting. It was just more so the fact that they spent way too much time Taking a weapon, using it. Taking a weapon, using it. Climbing the cage, taking a weapon, using it, or not using it, or whatever. I mean, they did that way too often. It kind of dragged down the match. But um, I think the second half definitely picked up the pace a little bit. The finisher, that was great. You called it with uh, Jericho going for the code breaker. Lays him down on the, on the thumbtacks. And uh, hits him with the dirty deeds for the victory. So Jericho looked beat up beyond hell um, on the WWE Instagram page and the next night on Raw, whatever. So... Um, I, I enjoyed the match. It's not a great match. It's not a classic by any means. But um, I thought it was all right. I'm anxious to see what your thoughts on the match were. I thought it was all right. Like you said, I thought the, the taking down the weapons and, like, climbing up and bringing them down. And, like, they didn't even use, like, two-thirds of the weapons. It was, like, that was the point then. And then, like you said, just, like, I thought the match was slow at first. But like you said, they had to pick up the, like, the full picking up the weapons and climbing up. It just kind of took away from the match. I can see why people complain about it. It's kind of like, even being that one, it's like, oh, now he's going to go for the weapon, and like, somewhere to take him down. And, like, it just, like, dragged, I feel like, a little bit. But I didn't have, like, high expectations. I thought it would be pretty neat, but I don't know if they 
consider doing it in the future. Yeah, probably not. I mean, Dean Ambrose won the match, so I could see them bringing it back as like one for one of his feuds down the line. But uh, after the negative reaction, I would not be surprised if they next it. But I mean, I guess it just has to be done better. I mean, I, I think they could do it in the future, but just kind of adjust the style, and maybe maybe not not make it as long as it was on Sunday. If you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a long match. It like felt like it was forever. Yeah, yeah. I think if they just kind of work on where they went wrong to improve it in the future. I mean, I think it's a cool concept, but. And also get back. I mean, the bucket, I was like, are you serious? But they ended up using it with the thumbtacks. That was clever. The broom was kind of dumb. The barbed wire bat they only used maybe once or twice. That was a pretty illogical to have it sitting there the entire time. And they only used it like twice. That, that was kind of stupid. But the rest of the match wasn't that bad. Um, I enjoyed it. But still, I could see why people didn't like it as much. So we get to the submission match with the WWE Women's Championship. Charlotte defending against Natalia. The match was all right. Not a good match. Not a bad match. Just kind of a match to steal from uh, Roman Reigns. But it was just kind of there. And then the finish came along. Again, a very controversial finish. We had Dana Brooks standing at the top of the ramp for what felt like forever. That felt like that was a little kind of miscued. I didn't mind the finish with Dana Brooke coming down dressed as Ric Flair and whatever. And then her helping uh, Charlotte to retain the belt via submission. But for the people in the arena, she was standing there for like, not 10 minutes, I'm exaggerating, but she was standing there for a lot longer before, you know, long before they finally went with, um, they went with her, you know, revealing herself and having Ric Flair come down, you know, quote unquote Ric Flair. She felt like, it felt like she was standing there forever before they finally did the reveal. So that came off a little hokey. But other than that, the match was all right. Charlotte retained, can't complain. So uh, what were your thoughts on the finish? Do you think it was a bit overbooked or what were your thoughts on it? I thought the match, like I said, I thought the match was all right. I thought, Probably one of the worst matches of the night. Not saying much of a ton of really good matches, but I don't know. I just thought, like, they said, Dan, when she came out, she stood up there for, like, a while. And I'm like, is she, like, is that Charles Robinson? Like, who is that? <laughs> and then eventually found out Dana Brooke. I thought the ending was what it was. You knew it was going to be clean. And I don't know. I guess technically, Natalia would still have a great for the championship, but um, hopefully they move on from that. I'm kind of sick of that. So we'll see what happens. But I think the finish was okay. The match just overall was alright. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match. I could see why people didn't like the finish, but I think the outcome kind of justified the means in that the ma- we had to keep the belt on Charlotte just because I feel like the ending outcome is her losing the belt to Sasha or somebody else at SummerSlam. So she had to win here. The finish was what it was, like you said. But um, we saw the next night on Raw, she dumped Ric Flair kind of out of the blue. I mean, they kind of planted the seeds a little bit last week on Raw and in the past and her making Ric Flair more of a sympathetic character by saying that she doesn't need his help, but they kind of rushed towards the uh, that outcome there with her ditching and you know, kind of kicking Ric Flair to the curb, and he left Raw, and that's seemingly it. Now she's paired with Dana Brooke, and you asked me that same question for hashtag AskGSM on Monday, but uh, do you think it's for the better that she's now paired up with Dana Brooke instead of Ric Flair? What were your thoughts on the breakup last night on Raw? Well, the breakup was so weird, it seemed very rough, it seemed so illogical, it seemed like WWE booked it, it seemed just so WWE, like, it made no sense, so, she has been with Flair, Ric Flair for over, what, five, six months by now? For a while, okay. yeah. So now all of a sudden she's, now she's gonna bring up the past, now her dad was never there, so now all of a sudden she's got Dana Brooke, that she's gonna dump Flair as her pretty much manager. And now that she's pissed that he, now she's like, oh, it just made no sense. Like, why would she just sit down in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, why would they, she, like, was she so, like, sentimental, not sentimental, man? But now all of a sudden, because she's got damn brought that she doesn't need him now. Oh, no, it just to me, it seems so logical. And, like, she, the crowd was shitting all over her, and she's not the greatest talker, anyways. And, like, I don't know, she's just so uncomfortable. I feel like she's so uncomfortable yeah. talking. Yeah. And, like, she's like, say what again? And she crowd just said what, and she got even more pissed, so. Yeah, the whole thing, it really kind of came off as weird, I think is the best way to describe it, like you said, I feel like it was very rushed, because they didn't really build towards it at all, it's not like she lost the belt, it's not like Ric Flair came out and she had to forfeit the championship because her father came out because he cares too much or whatever, that didn't happen. It's not like he started to see that Charlotte are like, I'm, you know, I'm helping you retain in dirty fashion. Like, I don't think that's right. And he's kind of going like babyface a little bit. They never did that. They didn't make him out to be a sympathetic character at all. I mean, people genuinely like Ric Flair. But other than that, it's just very rushed, to say the least. So that was a bit weird. 
And then, like you said, to cap it all off, I mean, I think Charlotte has come a long way as a heel. She's a lot better as a heel than she is a babyface. But even last night, she just feels very uncomfortable, like you said. I mean, I feel like she was trashing the crowd, but then she almost was on the verge of tears at one point. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was a very weird dynamic. It felt like it went on for 20 minutes. Ric Flair just getting his balls handed to him for like 20 minutes, and he just stands there look with a, with a dumb look on his face. And That's Charlotte just shits on him. Yeah, you, I could see why Ric Flair was crying. I could kind of see that. Charlotte almost cried at one point. It's like, are you supposed to be the baby face? It was very weird. I mean, she gets very emotional. Like, the whole Reed Flair thing last year. Like, that was the shoot when she started crying. Like, that wasn't supposed to happen. I don't know. It's very odd. But it was a very... Not a cringeworthy segment, but I think, like you said, I think the best word to sum it up as is uncomfortable. But... I mean, again, I think the whole segment was very oddly done, and I don't really see why it was done, but I don't really mind, again, on the bright side, I don't mind Dana Brooke being with Charlotte because it's a logical pairing. Emma got her. Dana's got nobody. It's better than having her on her own because she sucks on her own. She's gotten better, but um, she's not that good on her own. So I feel like the pairing's all right. But, um, I mean, even on that kind of the same note, what do you see them doing with the Women's Championship going forward? Do you see, I mean, you kind of mentioned there, Natalia getting another shot at Money in the Bank, and there's been a lot of rumors. Could you see a Women's Money in the Bank ladder match for the championship or a briefcase at the pay-per-view? Well, I think it'd be really cool if they did that, but I don't know if they would. I think in, I think in theory it's a great idea. Right now, I don't know what would be the best time for it just because like say, because there's so many people are injured right now who they're throwing their freaking Alicia Fox and <laughs> I don't even know who they're throwing like they don't have anyone I mean, let's think about it. If they, let's say they did one. Let's, let's say they did a women's championship money in the bank or one for the briefcase or the championship itself, whatever. I could see them doing Charlotte, probably Dana, um, obviously. I mean, Dana, Charlotte, Paige, Becky, Alicia, uh, like you said, Summer Rae. That's really about it. I mean, there's not really many other people in the division. Um Everyone's uh, yeah, everyone's out hurt. I mean, you got Sasha out hurt, Naomi, Nikki, Breeze retired, Tamina. Tamina. So you got so many people. Uh, Emma, obviously. So you have so many people out hurt that I don't know who else you would put in the match. So unless it's like a four women ladder match, which would be fine too. I feel like the more women, the more chance there is for it to be a complete clusterfuck. So if you have like eight women, it's gonna be a fucking train wreck. But if it's you know like three or four maybe, or even if it's just a straight-up women's ladder match. If it was Charlotte against Natalia or somebody else or Paige or whatever, I'd be fine with that. I mean, that could be a good match, you know, so I guess we'll see. But um, I really don't know what the immediate direction is. I thought we would get that last night, but what we got instead was the breakup between her and Rick, so I guess we'll find out in due time. But we get to the main event, an Extreme Rules match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Roman Reigns defending against AJ Styles. In a really, really good match. I would say better than their match at Payback, which is saying something. That was a great match, too. I thought this was even better. I mean, you hear Extreme Rules, you think blood and barbed wire and flaming tables and shit like that. But I thought for what they had, what they were given, I thought it was great. A lot of chair shots put through like three or two or three tables. Go all around the arena. Went to the pre-show panel. That was pretty innovative and cool. So we get down to the interference with uh, Gallows and Anderson and the Usos. They come out. Attempt to help Reign and Styles win respectively. In the end, it was Roman Reigns winning the match with a spear out of nowhere and AJ Styles to retain the championship. And we'll get to the post-match stuff in a minute, but your thoughts only on the main event match. Did it have the right outcome? Was it what you expected it to be? I thought the match was really good. Like you said, that was better than the payback match. Um, They said they went inside the ring. They went on the panel. I think they broke all three tails. At least two of them. I know that. Uh, Reigns went through the barricade when he tried to spear style. That was pretty cool. Um, tons of chair shots on all the people. Uh, I know I know. AJ hit the Usos and Reigns with at least 10 chair shots. He's yeah. Out that thing. A lot. Um, the only thing I, that was, I kind of like didn't like was when we were there a lot, like, Usos got involved so much. And then like, and Gallows and Anderson were down, like, the whole match after, like, a Superman punch or something. And, like, we just kept coming in, like, what the hell? Like, I don't know, I just, like, was, like, get them the hell out of the ring. Like, it was so, like, I just did I hated it. I was, like, get the fuck out of the ring. <laughs> 
the boost for the Usos, we forgot to mention that earlier, were off the charts, as was the heat yeah. for Reigns, but Usos got booed louder than I have ever heard them get booed before. Even louder than TLC or you know SmackDown, Raw, whatever, they got booed pretty loudly on Sunday. And also, your thoughts on the Roman Reigns heat, it was fucking off the charts. Off the charts. So yeah. what were your thoughts on the Reigns like heat? I told you, it's worse than Cena. It's way worse than Cena. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so, I don't know, it's like the crowd just hates him. And I don't know why the WWE keeps making my face. People just don't like him, right? I guess like they're just trying to make a good situation, but people legitimately don't like him. And they just boo him the whole, like, it was a loud booze. Loud booze. Mm-hmm. It's not like with Cena where it's like, not even 50-50. Cena's more like 70-30, but... And it feels like people... It's kind of like that for Roman Reigns, too. I mean, I feel like people boo Cena at this point. Like, the whole Cena sucks chant and whatever. Because it's fun. And, like, they, they sing to his theme song and whatever. Like, it's SummerSlam. I mean, the whole, like, we sing to his theme song and it's funny. For Roman Reigns, like, he gets genuine heat because people just do not want to see him win. Like, I saw some guy flip the fuck out when Roman Reigns won. People were pissed. And they headed to the exits and whatever and had what not happened, you know, if it didn't happen and the whole thing would happen afterwards. Had that not happened, people probably would have, you know, had a completely different view on this show. Um, but the match itself was great. I mean, the outcome was what it was and just what made no sense to me, the same gripe that we had of the payback match, was that you had Roman Reigns take so much punishment, three or four phenomenal forearms, fucking 20 chair shots, a styles clash, not one but two, and the second one being on the chair... And a spear, and that's over. It's it. You know, like, Roman or AJ Styles doesn't kick out of anything. He kicked out of maybe one Superman punch, and that was it. And then it was the spear, and the match was over. It's like, you fucking kidding me. So anyway, so that happens. Roman Reigns, the the referee holds his hand up in the air, still the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Out of nowhere comes Seth Rollins, who makes his return after it had been rumored all day long. He comes out, lays out Reigns with a pedigree, takes the title, holds it over his head. The show ends there. I mean, we got to see the post-match stuff. The music plays. He goes to the top of the ramp, holds the title up. Or not the title, but he just kind of raises his hands up in the air. And uh, that was it. That, that's what closed the show for us. So, Mr. Marceau, as a huge Rollins fan, what was it like to be in the arena for that raucous reaction on Sunday night? I lost my collective shit. I was <laughs> going nuts. I'm like, oh my God, don't pedigree. And I just... Pretty much lost my voice. And like, I had to drink water the whole way home so my throat was killing me. <laughs> like, I had ridiculous, great, great return. I said, I thought, like I said, they were rumored all day, but I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to say I get my hopes up. And then he came out, I'm like, oh my fucking <laughs> God. Just amazing. One of the greatest reactions I've ever heard live. And that's kind of up there on par with the, the win at SummerSlam last year when he won the U.S. title. That's up there with a lot of stuff. The the reaction to the TLC match when Kalisto put the Uso through the ladder, that was crazy. A lot of shit when Samoa Joe won the NXT Championship. The reaction to this was just unreal. Again, like you said, people got their hopes up for a Rollins return. I didn't want to just because, I mean, how many times over the last couple of months have we heard, oh, Reigns is, or Rollins is in the arena, he's coming back tonight, he might be back sooner than expected. He'll be back at WrestleMania. He'll be back the night after WrestleMania. He'll be back at Payback. Like, we've heard this a million times, so I didn't want to get my hopes up. He could have been just backstage for a fucking... I got your hopes up the whole show. <laughs> yeah, you got my hopes up. And again, it was like almost... You know what You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when you told me all day long he's going to cash in at WrestleMania. He's going to cash in. He's going to cash in in the main event. He's going to cash in afterwards. And they said, no fucking chance. He's not going to cash in. Roman will win. LOL, show's over, don't get your hopes up. And then he cashed in during the match, and I lost my shit. So uh, I'm glad I didn't get my hopes up because I was that much more surprised when he came out afterwards. So people were waiting for, like, something to happen. They were waiting for Balor. They were waiting for a heel turn from either guy. They were waiting for something. The guy next to me was like, that's it? No Rollins, no heel turn, no new champion? Like, what's going on? So when Rollins came out, everyone fucking lost it. And it was great. And he's got new tights. He's got a new shirt, which you bought the next day. He's got new hair. The blonde is gone. Rebuild, reclaim, uh, return. What was it? Reclaim, return. What was it? Rebuild, reclaim, redesign. That's what it was. Okay, thank you. So, great little slogan. The shirt is fucking great looking. It's a great yeah, piece of merch. They have a special firm. He's like rehab stuff. It's going to be a 24 series. Oh, I, I did see that. I did see that. I was going to bring that up to you. 
You can't wait for that next Monday, right after the Memorial Day Raw. Got the WWE 24, the whole special on Rollins, which you called a while ago. I think right after he got hurt, you were like, I can't wait for the 24 special on Rollins' return. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, Jesus Christ, what a return. What do you see being next for uh, Seth Rollins? Of course, Money in the Bank, he's facing Roman Reigns for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Where do they go from here with the architect of the Shield? Well, I think they're going to probably do him and Triple H down the line. I think that's kind of been in the cards for a while. Like last night, and Stephanie, like, she was like, Steph, what's up? Like, back, you know, I love you and I miss you. And she's like, that's not like that anymore. I'm like, <laughs> give him the cold shoulder. So, uh, you can see him and uh, Trips down the line. Would not be opposed to that at all. I could definitely see Rollins going face and money in the bank and uh, with a little heel turn from... From maybe I don't I don't see Roman going heel, but I could see them turning, you know, Seth or something like that. It's going to be very interesting to say the least. I mean, Money in the Bank is the center of controversy of controversy for the last couple of years, so it should be a very uh, newsworthy night to say the least. And I look forward to seeing what is next for Seth Rollins down the road. But he also kicked off Raw last night. What were your thoughts in the promo to kick off Raw from the man? Yeah, like you said, uh, you said saying, you said like. Came out, like got the crowd all buttered up. They said they keep burning all their letters and like that. They said I didn't think I didn't expect him to turn his face right away. Cause like you said, the last time we seen him, he wasn't heel. So like, makes sense. Like he like, oh, you said he put up the crowd. Like you guys don't send me letters and he missed me. And then he was just like, yeah, then I got all your letters and then I just burned them off. So perfect, but uh. They pretty much saying, like, I don't care about you guys. All I don't care about is getting back and winning my title. So it's perfect. And like you said, Reigns came out with Seamus Mann, set up the match for Brian the Bank. I was afraid they're going to be like, oh, new hour, you got to earn it. And then, like, <laughs> some stupidness. But luckily, he got his rematch without any shenanigans. Uh, the best part about the promo was that he made sense of it, too. He's not just staying heel because he's still with the authority or whatever. He wasn't buddy-buddy with Stephanie. They kind of planted the seeds for that. They did the whole thing backstage with Stephanie, like I said, and, and whatever else. And, you know, he wasn't buddy-buddy with Shane. That's the first time they've had, ever interacted because Shane's been, and he returned when Rollins was gone. But um, I think the best part about it, like I said, they made sense about it. They made sense of the, not heel turn from Rollins, but turning the crowd against him, which only Rollins could do. He was like, so where were you guys? I mean, you guys booed the shit out of me when I turned on the Shield two years ago. I mean, you guys called me the weakest WWE champion of all time, and then you say you miss me? I mean, like, what's up with that? So, I mean, I thought him turning on the crowd was great, and the way he did it was wonderful, and people were booing him. I mean, only a portion of the crowd. I mean, he couldn't turn everyone against him. The guy's beloved right now. The reaction he got when he came out, and they got the good old shot of the WWE logo on the top of the stage, missed that for the past five months. It's been great to see him back, and I look forward to the rematch at Money in the Bank. So, uh, kind of backtracking here a little bit, your thoughts overall on Extreme Rules, what would you give it out of 10? <laughs> yeah, 10, that was a pretty good show. Some pickups in the road, but like I said, uh, they, what the hell was the match? The final match was kind of long and dragged a little bit, and then the women's match is what it was, but I thought the rest of the show was really good, so I can't complain at all. I thought it was a really good show. Probably the second best show I've ever been to, so I can't complain. Uh oh, behind WrestleMania 30? Yeah, definitely after 30. It can't be, uh, it can't be as 30. 30 was the, the mega event. Uh-oh, maybe, maybe WrestleMania 33 to beat that. But, I was uh, just about to say. I was going to say WrestleMania 33. You already got your tickets. You already got your tickets to the hotel. So, I got everything. I already bought the tickets for this year and last year. <laughs> for SummerSlam too. Told the GSM bought the tickets in advance. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Can't wait for that. That should uh, give WrestleMania 30 a run for its money next spring. But as far as Extreme Rules goes, it was definitely a great show. No better way to cap off the hashtag RJ Marcel Farewell Tour with the return of Seth Rollins. You were there when he won Money in the Bank. You were there when he won the U.S. title. And you were there when he came back after six months. Who would have fucking thought you would be there for the return? That's amazing. Hey. <laughs> I told you to be back. I told you. Uh, the kid knows. He knows him too well. He's a big Rollins. Listen. I know Kevin Dunn. I told you. <laughs> Jeez. Kids reading the dirt sheets, spoiling everything on the dirt sheets. So great shit, great shit, great time in Extreme Rules. But as far as Raw goes, moving forward to Money in the Bank on June 19th, we had a bunch of qualifiers last night. We had Sami Zayn beating Sheamus, Cesaro beating The Miz, Chris Jericho beating Apollo Crews, Dean Ambrose beating Dolph Ziggler, and Kevin Owens beating AJ Styles. 
All matches were all really, really good. A great night of in-ring action on Raw last night. In this match, five out of the seven people announced, it, like I said earlier, is fucking stacked. And I would be shocked if this match was not the greatest Money in the Bank ladder match of all time. Because it seems like every single year, a couple things here. For one thing, I'm so happy they did qualifying matches. Because it seems like every single year, like last year, the Chamber pay-per-view, two weeks before the Money in the Bank show at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, they were like, here are your participants, and this year's Money in the Bank ladder match, and that fucking Neville, Kofi, Orton, Sheamus, Ziggler. Like, what did any of these people do to earn spots in this match? It's like, oh, it's going to be a spot fest. That's, you know, that's, that's fun, I guess. But what did any of these people do to deserve a spot in this match? Same thing the year before when Rollins won. No qualifying matches. They were just tossed in the match at random. The year before that, same thing. They just kind of announced it like, oh, these would be perfect fits. And they could have done that with this match too. I mean, everyone in this match is currently feuding with each other. Cesaro, Owens, and Zayn all have their beef. And then you have Dean Ambrose and Jericho. So they could have very easily just announced all five guys from the get-go. But rather, they put them in matches against people that also could have qualified. I mean, you had Sheamus, who won last year's Money in the Bank ladder match. Apollo Crews, a star on the rise. Dolph Ziggler, a former Mr. Money in the Bank. AJ Styles, who a lot of people thought would win in this series, not even involved in the match as of right now. And also, you had uh, The Miz, the Intercontinental Champion. So everyone in this match, everyone in the qualifying matches on Monday, had a real chance to win. And I feel like right now, there is not a bad winner of this match. Like, even if Jericho won, even if Chris Jericho won... Now, I would be fine with it because he invented the match. He's never won it before. He's been, he's been doing the, the best work of his career in the last five years at least. So even if he won, I'd be happy. So what were your thoughts on the qualifying matches last night for Money in the Bank? I thought, I thought most of the matches were pretty good. I thought Cruz and Jericho was probably the worst match or Ziggler and Ambrose. What did Ziggler really do to get in? Like he lost, he lost to um, Corbin the night yeah. before, so he didn't, he didn't win it and then get in. And here's weird between Apollo Crews and Jericho because Apollo Crews just total no sell of his attack on Sheamus. Guy came out like nothing happened. You yeah. Know? So that was kind of weird. But besides that, I thought all the matches were pretty good. So I couldn't complain. Like you said, all the outcomes are good too. Like I think I think anyone in that match as of right now should have like had the stake to win. Like they even said Jericho. Like even though he's older and he's like kind of like the long shot to win. I think he has a good shot to win. Like you said, he developed, since, like quote unquote, like developed the match, and I think he has a really good chance to win it. So everyone involved in the match has an equal chance of winning as of right now, except if you know Sin Cara gets put in there, or Zack Ryder, or fucking Titus O'Neil, or Darren Young. I guess we'll find out. But as of right now, the match is stacked, and I'm looking forward to seeing who wins it. But the main event of Raw, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, I would say probably the match of the night. A really, really good match between those two. KO going over clean, clean fashion for KO Mania. Could you see, of these five people right here, right now, I mean, we're making a bold prediction a month in advance, but of these five people, who could you see winning the briefcase? Kevin Owens, easily. I think Kevin Owens, I think everyone, I don't know, usually going to the heel lately, too. I'd say either him or Jericho, I think that makes the most sense. Um, a guy like the, like the heels are like the ones that can use it, and like they just get beat all the time, so they're perfect. But um, I see I see Kevin Owens or Jericho. All five people, like I said, they all have a shot. I mean, Cesaro's been on fire recently. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can feed over the briefcase. You got Jericho who invented the match. And then uh, Dean Ambrose, who, like JBL said on commentary, which would be a great story if they told it, that you got the former Shield members in the main event fighting for the championship, and then Dean Ambrose in the Money in the Bank ladder match. An exact opposite from last year, when it was Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose fighting for the championship, and Roman Reigns in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So you got a great dynamic there, a great story to tell with all five of these guys. And I look forward to seeing who uh, advances tonight in the Money in the Bank ladder match qualifying matches at the SmackDown tapings to be airing on Thursday. So those were great. We also had the return of Rollins to Raw, like we talked about before. Enzo Amore is back. Um, any thoughts on the return of Enzo on Raw? It was good, like you said earlier. It kind of like adds to be cash. He's not the most entertaining guy. So Enzo being back in his corner, spin fires, that was good for him. So I think that was good. And just that I hope they don't rush him back because they technically don't need him right now. But I hope they just don't like say, oh, he's back, so why not we just push him right to the moon? So mm-hmm. I hope they don't do that. Hopefully not. Like I said, I would hope that they go through the Dudley Boys first, and then they build to a match between them and New Day at SummerSlam, which would be 
catastrophically amazing considering they're in the backyard of Enzo and Cass in Brooklyn, the New Day, that's the exact same event where they kind of became over as the most overacting entire company, which we were in attendance for when they won the belts a year ago. So it makes perfect sense to me. It writes itself. So the whole show last night I thought was really, really good. Um, and also one last thing as well. What was the last thing I was going to talk to you about? Oh, of course, before the main event, before KO and AJ, we had the Bullet Club come out or Gallows and Anderson or whatever. They come out and they talked to AJ and they said, you blame us for not helping you win the championship. Like, what's up with that? And AJ said, I said from the start, I do not need you guys. I want to do this on my own. I love you guys. We're brothers, but I don't want to, you know, interact with you professionally. We'll just stay friends. But professionally, we're done. We're going our separate ways. And Anderson and Gallows, they didn't do the too sweet. They just kind of walked right out. So if AJ is does not qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match on SmackDown this week or next week or whatever, and he's not involved in that match, what do you see being next for the phenomenal one in WWE? Do we see a heel turn from AJ or the other two guys from Gallows and Anderson in the split of some sort going into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Well, I don't know what's going to be next for AJ stuff. Probably, like you said, he's not, I, I, he has to be in that match on, on uh, uh, Money in the Bank. I feel like he's not in that match, then what else are you going to do? Because, yeah, they can have him face Gallows and Anderson, but uh, I feel like they're going for the title, so... I honestly have no idea what's next for him. It's hard to say. I mean, like you said, I mean, if they're not, if, if they go for the championships, which they didn't really tease last night, but I mean, we've got another three weeks, though, so they could always build that feud, you know, starting on SmackDown or Raw next week or whatever. So they have enough time to start building towards a New Day Gallows and Anderson feud. So I wouldn't be shocked by that. But I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, people were saying maybe AJ wins tonight in the last chance battle royal. I don't know. And the match itself, I mean, you put him in the ring with guys like Cesaro, Jericho again, Dean Ambrose, everyone else in that match, it's going to be a kick-ass match with everyone else he's interacted with. I mean, the match right now is going to be great, but you put him in the, and you put him in the ring with a bunch of ladders with those guys, it's going to be nothing short of incredible. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know what kind of match. Unless, I mean, someone pointed out to me on Twitter, at Jeremy8911, I think his Twitter handle is. He, I think he was the one that... that um, that suggested the idea, could you see, and I don't know why he would, but could you see Gallows and Anderson attacking AJ next week, turning heel on him, and then having AJ team up with John Cena at Money in the Bank to take on those two? Oh, that's That's true. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. So, speaking of which, next week on Raw, John Cena is back. What do you foresee the future of John Cena being? What do you What do you think the future holds for John Cena upon uh, you know upon his return to the ring? Um, like well, you said, I hope not for the WWE title, but that's what's been in the cards or rumors. So, hopefully not that. But um, maybe they said maybe it's Styles thing, or maybe someone gets into the money in the bank, or. Uh, something, uh, I th- they're not going to bring it back for something that's not, like, noteworthy, so I think something probably like that. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the U.S. Championship thing. I, I would not be, what I'm expecting, like you said, is, as has been rumored, I could see him going back after the World Championship come SummerSlam against Roman Reigns if they want to do that. That seems like it's been the long-term plan all along. Um, but right away, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Memorial Day Raw is traditionally one of the lowest rating, you know, lowest rated Raws of the year, so... Bringing Cena back on that show is smart, and it uh, you know opens up a bunch of possibilities for what he could be doing. So I'm excited for that. So that was Raw and Extreme Rules. But before we go off the show here, RJ, I do want to get your thoughts on two releases from the last two days. From uh, Saturday it was Cody Rhodes revealed on Twitter that he has requested his release from WWE, which was granted on Sunday. So Cody Rhodes gone from WWE. He posted a very lengthy blog post on his Twitter on um, I think on Monday or Sunday before the pay per view saying that, you know, creative didn't allow him to be Stardust or didn't allow him to be Cody Rhodes in the final few months of his career is very, uh, a creative stifling environment, as people have called it in the past, and uh, he just wanted out, so we asked for his release, they granted it, and he's gone, so we'll see what happens with Cody Rhodes, <clears throat> and apparently the, amical, the, the, the departure was not on good terms, so I guess, I don't know 
what is next for him or where he can go from here. If he can go anywhere from here, like to Ring of Honor or TNA or elsewhere, um, I'm not really sure what the the details of the departure were. I guess we'll find out more in time. But what was your reaction to Cody Rhodes announcing his departure from WWE this past Saturday? Well, I thought, like you said, it wasn't shocking. He barely was on TV. And then after reading that long-winded uh, statement, I, I don't know, I feel like, like you said, he, he tried his best to try to like, revitalize Korea. And they said, I don't know, the way they, that they put it, he pretty much like, shit all over their um, Korea staff. And I don't know, like you said, he tried to like, come up with new ideas and like, pitch them. And they're like, no, that's not going to work. And like, I don't know, like, you're trying to do, trying to put if you put the effort in, they just won't give you the time of day. What's the point of just sitting around? Like he wants to do something that he wants to do, so why not just leave the company, try to revitalize the career, and do something else? Exactly. I feel like the, the the thing about that statement that made me that annoyed me more than anything else was the fact that they wouldn't allow him to become Cody Rhodes again. I mean, I don't understand why that would be in the last six months. I mean, we've seen a tease before. He said. He kind of—it's been in the works for a while. This is not like an abrupt thing that he was going to be quitting. I mean, I'm not like you said. I wasn't shocked. I mean, it wasn't rumored that he was leaving, but based off how his career has been going for the past like three or four months, it did not surprise me at all. It was reported, I think, by Dave Meltzer or another source like that that he was um, pitching to go back to being Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania or the night after on Raw. Which remember, right before WrestleMania, like remember we read some report that said. He like revealed at access that he was going back to being Cody Rhodes at Stardust is dead after WrestleMania. And then he was back to being Stardust and like superstars or something. Like that made no sense. And like I said, it's been in the works for a while. Cause I remember right in January, like right before the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, he said that when people were hoping for a Cody Rhodes return in the match, he said he tried. He said that Cody Rhodes is not coming back. It's not up to me. It's like, okay, that's a little weird. So it wouldn't be the first time, and it was very you know frustrating to read that because he should have gone back to being Cody Rhodes. Stardust, he tried his hardest. I hated the gimmick to begin with. I still don't really like the gimmick, but at least he put forth a great effort with it. He made the most of the character, you know, especially last year when it could have been very easy for him to come back as Cody Rhodes, which I'm still surprised they didn't do, but whatever. Um, and then he stuck as Stardust. They didn't do anything with him after the Stephen Amell stuff, and he's basically been wasted, you know, jobbing away to Zack Ryder on Superstars in the main event. So... There really wasn't much more for him to do at this point. I mean, he could have been a world champion many years ago, in my opinion, back in 2011, 2012, 2013, but they fucked that up by turning him into Stardust, and they never really, you know, did anything with him after that. Did him, you know, did anything with Cody Rhodes beyond that point, which sucks, because he had a lot of untapped potential. So we'll see what the future holds for him in, you know, Ring of Honor or wherever. So do you see if his contract allows him to, beyond the departure, which could be another three months or so, who knows, another 90 days, because I know they have another... They have a clause about that in their contract. Where do you see Cody Rhodes ending up? If he does continue to wrestle, which I do think he will, could you see him, RJ, in TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha? Where could you see him ending up? Where, where could you see Cody Rhodes ending up? I think you know, TNA, honestly. I think if he just let the teenage Cody Rhodes, they could actually make him a champion. He kind of revitalized his career, I think. I think guys like Drew McIntyre have done very well for themselves at TNA. I think a guy like Cody Rhodes could just go and ask Cody Rhodes and just, tear it up and like revitalize current get what he's been looking for. That I could see. Um again, I feel like and I've talked about this before. I mean Galloway and Anderson not, not Anderson, uh Galloway and uh fucking what's his name? EC three Derek Bateman. It's great to see them doing well for themselves in TNA. The product is actually really, really good just long term wise, and then we've talked about this before, but the company is in the shitter. So I don't know how wise of an idea it is to go to TNA at this point anyway. Maybe maybe when Galloway signed like a year ago when they first joined Destination America, it was a good idea. At this point, they, they don't really have a very bright future ahead of them financially wise. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. But either way, I really want to see him continue his career because the guy's only 30, 31 years old, something along those lines. He's still relatively young. He's with WWE for almost a decade um, it would have been 10 years next summer on the main roster. He's probably been with them in the developmental system for about a decade at this point. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what's next for him. I mean, Goldust was not on Raw last night, so I think he's fine with WWE. I don't think he's going anywhere just yet. His wife you know, still works with the company, Eden, and she was on the pay-per-view on Sunday, so she's not leaving just yet either. It wouldn't shock me if she's gone by like a year from now, you know, if Cody's not there. Because that kind of the same thing that happened with AJ Lee. I mean, she was with the company for a while. A while after Punk left, he, she was with the company for like a year and a half after he left. And 
it wasn't the greatest environment for her, so, you know, it was only a matter of time before she left, so who knows, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So he was not the only one to get released over the weekend, or request his release anyway. Adam Rose, the news broke yesterday by WWE.com. He requested his release, and it has been granted. So Adam Rose, unsurprisingly, is gone from WWE. So the writing was on the wall like a, you know, a week ago or so when the news broke that he was arrested for domestic abuse. Um, but he has officially been released from WWE. So, RJ, your thoughts on the release of Adam Rose? Two shit plus. Uh, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> you know my thoughts on Adam Rose. I just don't care. Um, he said his whole thing was it was cool the whole like party thing, and then it's kind of like shoved him in off and thought it'd be a good idea, but it just kind of failed to backfire on him. And he jobbed out for a while. They put him in the outcast, and he jobbed out for a while, and he beat his wife, and uh, now he's fired. So, <laughs> so it's pretty much shit. Jobbed out, beat his wife, and then got fired. As as said by Mr. Marceau, could not have said it better myself. He couldn't beat his opponent, so he beat his wife instead. Is basically the uh, the premise of Adam Rose's WWE career. That's so awful, but I mean, it, like you said, it wasn't shocking. I like the guy. I like the guy, but it wasn't surprising at all to see him go. So hopefully, he gets the help the help he needs. Apparently, he was going to see like his pastor or something like that. According to the TMZ court case, I have no idea, but. He needs help, to say the least. So before we go off the air here in the final few minutes we got left, uh, did you see by any chance the Shane McMahon podcast that aired last night after Raw? No. You did not see that? Not yet, no. You planning on watching it at all or no? That's why I want to I don't know if I would watch the full hour, but it was pretty good, though. Um, they talk about they talk about his uh, relationship with his father a lot, which was probably the highlight of the interview. There was one part with Mick Foley asking Shane, like, what's your relationship with Stephanie? And he said, it's fine. And then he goes, what's your you know, relationship with, uh, with Triple H? And he goes, um, I'm happy that, she makes, that he makes her happy. And then he said, is there, any, is there any heat there? And he goes, no. And he goes, okay, I'll just leave it at that. Or Foley said, I'll just leave it at that. And then Shane said, Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you what you want to hear. I mean, that's basically the truth, whether you like it or not fully. I'm sorry, that's the truth. It was like, geez, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension there for a second. So that was probably the most newsworthy part of the podcast. I don't know if that was a shoot, if that was a part of the storyline, because I don't know if they're building to Triple H coming back and doing something with Shane. I don't really know, because the whole thing was in shoot mode. So I don't know if they would have done it in character with having him tease tension with Triple H. I don't know, but uh, it was a very entertaining podcast. You'll like it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll watch it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, it seems pretty awkward if you said that, but we'll see when I watch it, I'll let you know. Sounds good, sounds good, but, or you could forfeit that in Camp WWE this past, did you watch Camp WWE or no? No. <laughs> Jeez, Mr. Morrison, you gotta catch up, too busy cleaning your room. I'm too busy cleaning my room doing laundry, kid, I used to go to school, that's what I should be doing. <laughs> busy man. Busy man is Mr. Marceau, but uh, stay tuned for the Seth Rollins WWE 24 special. And we've talked about this before. Those specials are always fucking amazing. The WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 31, the one on Booker T, Roman Reigns, The Usos, TakeOver Brooklyn. Like, they've all been phenomenal. I sh- I'm sure this one is probably going to be the best one yet. Probably. Seth Rollins in it, obviously. Exactly. Redesign, reclaim, rebuild. It's going to be build. great. Ah, can't wait for it. And you got the shirt too, right? I thought it was be here soon, hopefully. It's not going to be here until... I, they, they called me. They said it's not going to be here until July 21st. Perfect. <laughs> Just in time for a SummerSlam, so we'll see the... Uh, Just in time for uh, SummerSlam? Just in time for SummerSlam in the voice of Shawn Michaels, right. so we'll see. And uh, your your status is not yet confirmed for the biggest party not of the summer. Not confirmed yet, but... I think I'll probably be there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. You got to give the uh, listeners of Russell Rant Raid a little teaser. I don't know the next time we're going to talk to you on the show. Hopefully soon. But uh, for the recently retired Raymond Marceau from Russell Rant Radio. But uh, what are the chances? Like you said, what's the over under we could see at SummerSlam? Pretty good, maybe. We'll see. I'll see like 30 I'll be there. Uh, okay, okay. Got to get the five horsemen there. We got to see Arden on Sunday, which was great, right? Yeah, I saw Arden. It was great to see Arden. Great to great see to Arden. Him. What was uh, that? It's great to meet him and Ray Cruz next to my life and Jordan. 
Yoder and Cruz. Yeah, we got to meet them at SummerSlam. I know Cruz is going to be there. Hopefully, Yoder's, Yoder's going to be there too. So only time will tell. But Mr. Marceau, always great talking to you. Before we let you go, any plugs you want to give to the people? Just uh, at RJ Marceau on Twitter and my newest articles on nextarticles.net. Sounds good. When's the next article that we can uh, see from you? Yeah. Okay, hopefully some uh, two cents on Extreme Rules or Money in the Bank or something like that. Seth Rollins, why he's the greatest wrestler of all time. I expect something along those lines. <laughs> Alright, sounds good. Sounds good, brother. I'll catch you down the road. Right, talk to you